Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Hey guys, welcome to the North Texas Community Difference. This week we're in Frisco. As always, we're seeking to showcase uh, not only local community leaders, but also business professionals in our amazing North Texas community, people that are making a positive impact in their community. Each week we're joined by guests. We have a, a phenomenal guest host and co-host we'll talk about in a moment. We'll, we'll be trying to bring guests who are, like I said, community leaders and business professionals. And through the conversations we have, we're going to discuss important topics related to the community of Frisco and the different ways that their impact and their leadership affects businesses and the community on the whole. So my name is Nathan Smith, part of the Enfuego Financial Group. I am joined alongside the wonderful Brian Paduska, uh, Paul Fisher, and of course, a special guest host today, the wonderful Miss Kelly McCord. And I'm going to give everybody a chance to introduce themselves. Uh, I'm going to start. I want to introduce our special guest host today, a great friend of mine, Kelly McCord. She is a world traveler. Uh, like I mentioned uh, in our pre-show, probably the only person that I will ever know, honestly, that has lived for six months on the continent of Antarctica. Uh, that's a story for another time. But she's a uh, wonderful uh, vested real estate investor in the Collin County area, specifically in the, the city of Frisco. So excited to be here to hear about the development in the community of Frisco, what's going to be going on there. Kelly, give us a quick 30 seconds about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, that was a great intro. Um, I own houses in Collin County and Dallas County, and I'm really focusing more on the short to medium term rental as housing changes, um, more tourism, more uh, business professionals moving to Dallas. Uh, I want I see the market changing. And so today I'm really curious to discuss uh, how Frisco is going to be affected by short to medium term housing and, and tourism. Well, tourism, as we know, is going to be a big topic as there's some major, major developments. If you don't know what they are, stick around because we're going to talk about some incredible national news that affects Frisco, Texas. But before that, Brian Podesk has been with The Difference now since the beginning, uh, the owner of, of uh, Real Property Management, a phenomenal guy. Brian, give us 30 seconds of who you are, why you're excited to be here today. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Appreciate that intro. Uh, yeah, my name is Brian Paduska. I'm the owner of Real Property Management Focus, where we focus on your real estate investments. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for today's show and just the, the, the concept of the North Texas community difference. Uh, you know, we kicked it off a couple of weeks ago and then we have our Frisco show today. So um, I'm I'm a resident I, uh, of Frisco. I have a business in Frisco. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about the city um, and, and everything going on here. Uh, and there is a lot going on as we'll uh, talk to our, our guests coming on here shortly. But um, yeah, so that's, that's why I'm, um, that's why I'm here for the Frisco show. And then also, like you mentioned, Nathan, I'm, I've been part of the difference really since, since its inception, um, you know, two and a half, three years ago. So uh, it's been a great ride and uh, look forward to continuing lifting up local business owners, entrepreneurs, community leaders through this show. That's awesome. Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, Brian has been through a number of different shows and iterations and things that we've tried to meet the community's needs. Uh, really across from Texas for the last three years. We're excited to have Paul Fisher as a part of the North Texas Community Difference. Paul uh, was certainly home lending, a great supporter of the difference, great guy, very connected in the community, and I'm uh, just excited to have you here, Paul. Well, thanks for having me. It's, you know, it's a pleasure to be part of this podcast. Um, you know, the thing that I like about it the most is that it kind of gets people connected, uh, you know, as resources and you know, once you make those connections, it's uh, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, those those types of things with growth and prosperity. So I, I, I like bringing together the, you know, the the larger, uh, you know, the, the larger good. So, um, you know, I got connected with Brian on here and you. And so looking forward to a great show. We've got some we got some great guests today. Well, that's awesome. And speaking of the podcast, you know, just a, a quick uh, understanding of why we're passionate about what we do, you know, um, the goal is to use this show, this podcast, as a platform, as you mentioned in the open, 
for local leaders, business professionals to showcase their expertise, what they do, their values, right, their commitment to the community, but also to show the resources that are abundant throughout all of our different North communities. Obviously, we're focused on Frisco. We'll be in different cities in the Collins County area every subsequent week on Wednesdays at 1130. Make sure you tune in to our additional shows. But um, additionally, we're looking at helping people develop networking opportunities, right? One of the things that we've talked about from the beginning is businesses you know, succeed and fail, not because they don't have a good product or good service, but because people don't know enough about them or they don't know, you know, as, as an individual, even like Kelly, for instance, as, as an investor, right? People, you know, may not have the right connections, may not know uh, where to invest, what to do, right? Great example of this, Brian being a, a, the owner of Real Property Management, uh, I connected Brian and Kelly earlier, uh, I think it was last week, you know, just kind of starting off a relationship together there as far as businesses and what they can do together. But now Kelly's on the show as a guest host, uh, getting to hear some exciting things that are happening in Frisco, which is very pertinent to where she has some properties. And so that's just a way of being able to help with branding and awareness and networking and using the podcast medium to not only you know, highlight the things that are happening in these communities that are making the difference, but make the difference in the lives of the guests and the hosts that are actually on the show. So it's a really a synergistic kind of effort in terms of helping businesses with branding and helping them get their name out there, but also connecting them with the right people, the right professionals, the right leaders. And then, of course, providing that information via live streaming podcast to the communities that we serve. So it's a really cool idea. We've been doing it now for three years, and we're excited to rebrand as the Community Difference North Texas, where we're just opening that platform up to uh, you know everyone pretty much across the region. And so don't want to take any more time. We've got some phenomenal guests on the show today, but a very, very important guest. I'm not even going to give it away. I'm going to turn it over to Brian Podeska to introduce our very first guest today. Brian, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. And, and I, I tried not to give it away earlier when I started talking, but when we talk about bringing on, you know, community leaders, uh, school district leaders, uh, you know, business owners, local Frisco business owners, um, our, our guest here checks pretty much all those boxes, maybe maybe minus this, the school district in particular, but certainly the community leader and business owner here in Frisco. Uh, without any further ado, let's bring on Mayor Jeff Cheney. Hi there, how are you? Good, Mayor. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, we got to touch base a little bit here before the show um, as we're getting some of our technical difficulties uh, ironed out, but uh, appreciate you joining the show today and, and uh, you know, spending some time with us uh, to talk all things Frisco, I guess. So um, one of the things we talked about, you were up late last night. We had a had a big meeting here in Frisco. Um, tell, tell us what, what went down at the city council last night. Yeah, we've had a few late meetings here recently. I think last night I finally uh, called it a night at 1 a.m., but it was an important night, you know, hearing community feedback. We did a final vote on the Universal Frisco Kids Project. And um, after five hours of community feedback and discussion, um, that passed. And so we're proud to welcome Universal to our community. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, as you mentioned, five hours worth of worth of community feedback. That um, that says a lot about the passion that folks have on whichever side of the fence they're on there. So, um, I know there's there's all kinds of benefits that I've read about uh, with the project. So, congratulations on getting that that passed. Yeah, the economic impact of this project is really going to be off the charts. Um, I mean, we're talking you know direct economic impact to the city and school district on the first 10 years of over 160 million dollars, and then over the first 20 years, 400 million dollars. We talk about all the indirect economic impact as far as our local hotels and businesses. The first 10 years is estimated to be over a billion and a half dollars, and then pushing close to four billion dollars over 20 years. So um, it's going to be a tremendous asset for this community. Um, just like Stonebriar Mall was a major economic driver, you know, this is going to come in right behind it and kind of really, um, you know, help the city continue to grow. That's great. And, and there, there's no short list of uh, major accomplishments like this. So just off the top of my head, right, the PGA of America uh, com coming in, um, you know, the, the library that just opened up. I'm, I'm just going off of most recent events, the downtown renovation of Frisco. Um, 
you know, there's there's obviously a, a no short list here of, of all the accomplishments that you guys have, have been able to get done. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge with, uh, you know, Universal in particular uh, coming coming into town? And I, I know there's a lot of uh, folks that shared their their uh, feelings about that. So so what do you see as the biggest challenges with that? Yeah, honestly, the biggest challenge is just having the conversation with the public. You know, I think the initial reaction when you hear theme park is thinking of something that this project is not. And so that's actually, you know, what the city went through. When we first heard the idea um, last summer, you know, our initial reaction, quite frankly, was um, no, we don't want that in our community. You know, we thought about Universal Orlando and Six Flags and all those types of things. Um, you know, and then we started really kind of diving in and understanding, you know, this is a new one-of-a-kind concept designed for kids from 3 to 11 years old. Really themed, immersive experience. Um, their plan is to put the, the park back in park, you know, where it's a lot of green space and open space, you know, integrated with the rides. And, um, you know, and so we continued that conversation. And over about a six-month period and then visiting Universal Studios ourselves, you know, kind of that trepidation turned to excitement, you know, that this could be a real asset for this community that, you know, families, um, generations will make lifelong memories um, right here in their own backyard, um, that it'd be an economic driver for us. And, you know, it leads to so many other different types of partnerships, you know, like our teens that are creative, will have a place to work in the summers and craft their skills. They're going to source things from local businesses because they're not going to have a full kitchen. Um, and then again, with the economic impact, um, you know, it's really, really exciting to see those benefits. But, you know, the conversation continues, right? Because some people are now, even today, hearing about it for the first time. And that immediate reaction is to go towards um, perhaps what could be the negative consequences. So we'll continue that for the next three to six months and, you know, all the way maybe up to the day that it finally opens where people can see it with their own eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that. that. That's great. Um, so, you know, speaking of, you know, one of the fastest growing cities in, in the in the country, right, with with Frisco, um, you know, you've been mayor since what, 2017, I want to say, um, and your personal journey. Um, I You know, when we bring business leaders on and, and community leaders, we, we like to hear not just about what your agenda is, although let's let, we'll get to that eventually. But what we like to hear is how you, how you got here, right? What what drove you to 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 try to uh, you know lead lead one of the fastest growing cities in the country? Well, you know, I like to tell a story that um, you know I did something crazy every time my wife and I had a baby. Um, so you know we have uh, we have three kids now. When my oldest um, was born, you know that's when I decided literally that week to quit my hedge fund job because um, I wanted to spend more time at home and start my real estate business. So we celebrated 20 years of that um, on my son's 20th birthday here in January. When my uh, middle son, Mason, was born, you know, we used our whole life savings by a website called Frisco Online, which was social media before social media existed. Um, and that really kind of catapulted our business. It got name recognition for us in the community. And so when Caitlin was born in 2007, literally that week in the hospital, I said, this is the perfect time for me to run for city council. Um, and so, you know, we jumped in, not really being naive to politics and, you know, just wanted to do good in the community. Three kids under five at that time. And, you know, we just wanted to be part of something, you know, that we were, you know, building something that we were raising our family in. And, you know, kind of once I get started, you know, I served as a council member for nine years turned out as a council member um, and then you know somehow still had enough gas in the tank to decide you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna run for mayor and you know continue this vision forward well that's a that's an awesome journey and, and speak of the devil um, you have a event I think coming up tomorrow to kick off the next campaign what, tell us a little bit about that we do. So it'd be official um, kickoff party at Verona Villa here in Frisco. Um, you know, just talk about, you know, kind of what a vision looks like for a final term, projects we need to get finished, um, things that we have accomplished. Um, the city of Frisco has incredible momentum right now. Um, I mean, the eyes of the nation are looking at us every single day. I mean, you mentioned a few, you know, here on May 2nd, we're going to open the doors to PGA Frisco, which is actually the largest hotel project being built in the United States right now. 
Um, that's going to transform Frisco into the modern home of golf. And we're already starting to see, have conversations about other golf um, IP and products that want to come and surround um, themselves by that. You know, we're going to host the country music awards in early May and then our senior PGA championship, you know, Craig Hall at Hall office park is doing a $500 million, you know, phase right now with Kaleidoscope park. That's larger than Clyde Warren park. And then we're really diving into our rail district, you know, which is our historic downtown about to put $50 million there to really um, be a kickstart and catalyst for that. So lots of great things happening. You know, we're proud of, you know, days like today when we can avail a new project, but you know, here in Frisco, the way we roll is, you know, it's like, okay, congrats, but then, all right, what's next? You know, right. a day to celebrate and then it's <laughs> what's the next one. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you've got another late night coming up tomorrow. It sounds like with the, with the kickoff. So yeah, just go from one, one to the next. Paul, I think you had uh, some thoughts on, on uh, a question for the mayor. Yeah, I did, uh, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for joining us, by the way. I did have a question, you know, from a growth perspective, you know, when we talk about, you know, PGA and Universal and, you know, all the great things that Frisco is doing, you know, where, where do those line level employees come from? I mean, do, you know, do you see, you know, those, those folks moving into the area or, you know, what are the resources that Frisco is using to, to kind of staff those line level positions? Yeah, you know, our, our Frisco Chamber of Commerce has been real aggressive in that and, and working with our private partners to help them. They're all kind of working together as well between the, the Omni, um, you know, the PGA, um, you know, working with the University of North Texas. You know, we just opened our campus um, here in Frisco just a few months ago, um, you know, and so they're collaborating with them. They're actually going to have um, a hospitality curriculum at UNT Frisco you know, to, to basically get students that are interested in a career in that. And then they can literally drive down the street to either Universal, um, you know, or PGA Frisco or the star and, and really hone those skills. So there's opportunities for them, you know, right here. Um, you know, as, as far as other kind of workforce from the area, um, the private sector has actually been kind of working through that and, and efficiently solving that, you know, like the star actually um, has their own buses um, that they use to go, pick up employees and bring them bring them here um, to work and then bring um, take them home and so you know it's a collaborative effort you know be between us as a public how we can help in the private industry wonderful thank you well you know mr mayor uh for, again thank you for coming on with us today you, you you mentioned the university of north texas at frisco and of course you got Collin college uh frisco isd is a great uh, school district uh, with all these different educational sectors of higher education all the way from elementary school all the way up to college uh, and all the master's phd programs etc you know you've got all this growth coming into the city and obviously a lot of these schools are going to be producing people that are going to be a part of the community in all these different sectors how do you ensure or what, what's the, the the precedent that you put on uh, making sure that these institutions of higher learning are meeting the students needs and eventually obviously the employers needs and that that level of excellence remains high you know, I say all the time that the ceiling of our community um, is set by the quality of our schools and education, um, you know, and that's really true. I mean, if, you know, if we don't have that component, you know, then the companies aren't going to want to be here. The projects aren't going to want to be here. People aren't going to want to live here. Um, and so that was really strategic. I mean, part of, um, you know, when I was first elected as mayor, I knew that was going to be an important tool to be able to attract the Fortune 500, Fortune 100 type companies, you know, to kickstart what we call inspire frisco which is our entrepreneurial sector is we needed that kind of research component to it an educational component to it you know we've um, been up to carry north carolina look at the research triangle look at all these things just to see how that becomes a catalyst to, to all of this and so you know we actively recruited unt a tier one research um, university to come here we were aggressive with that getting a university in a community is nearly impossible because of the politics involved with other universities, you know, the cost of land to, you know, because they want land for free. Um, you know, we were able to pull all this deal together um, to, to make it happen. And so what UNT is doing is they're actually basing their curriculum on this campus to our employers needs. So when we go and meet at, with a potential relocation, it's extremely powerful for us to real, being able to bring UNT there and they say, we'll design specialized curriculum um, for the employees that you need. Um, so we will literally be training that next generation of workforce um, for our Frisco companies on our Frisco campus. 
Mr. Mayor, I've got a quick question. This is this is kind of a fun one. Um, you know, when we look at all the sports in, in Frisco, we've got baseball, soccer, football, golf, uh, hockey. So uh, for for Sports Town USA, what sport is next? <laughs> what do you want? What are we missing? <laughs> well, I got tennis written down, and I guess pickleball is the next uh, hot craze, right? Well, that's that's the one I was going to go for. You know, I hear all about pickleball. You know, I've been out and played it a couple times, so the hottest sport, and you know, I know that's a growing industry. So all I can say is stay tuned. All right. Well, we got to figure out where we're going to put it, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We we've uh, we pivoted last fall and had a, uh, a sports talk version of, uh, of real talk um, here on the difference. And, and so we had a couple of nationally recognized coaches on, on, on the show. So we're a bunch of sports nerds here. So, um, you know, Frisco being sports town USA fits in perfectly. Um, so look forward to that pickleball. I've never played it myself, but uh, it, it's all the rage. So <laughs> well, Brian, you and I can start because I've never played it either. All right. Fair enough. Kelly, did you want to ask a question? I do have a question regarding tourism and short-term housing as uh, Frisco is just becoming this huge hub to visit in North Texas. Um, more about the infrastructure, how uh, people, if they want to turn their homes into short-term rentals, Airbnbs, VRBOs, uh, what, that, what that could look like. I know Frisco is um, very good good at keeping up um, property development and restrictment. Uh oh, did we lose Kelly? Well, I think I can speak to that. So, you know, Frisco actually, you know, we passed a short term um, rental ordinance here last year. And, you know, it's actually become kind of a model for the region, which we do allow them. I mean, we um, certainly believe in private property rights here in Frisco, um, you know, but we also wanted to be able to, you know, maintain them, control them, if they're the nuisance house, those kinds of things. And so they have to be registered. They have to pay um, the hotel motel tax. You know, there has to be a contact if we have kind of issues with them. You know, really, they're becoming more restricted by um, specific HOA. So that becomes kind of an HOA by HOA decision, you know, as far as what those residents want to to allow. But yeah, I mean, in Frisco, we have almost 7 million visitors a year. Um, and this is before the PGA and Universal opens. You know, we have some big events like the FCS Championship. We'll have these big golf tournaments. Um, you know, and so we have families here in Frisco that, you know, may decide when the PGA Championship is here in 2027, they may not care about the PGA championship. You know, they may be able to rent their house out for a week and pay their mortgage for the whole year and take a great vacation. You know, so those opportunities, you know, will be available for our residents that want to take advantage of them. Well, let me ask you this, Mr. Mayor. Um, you know, we talked about all the, the sports teams that are here, which is pretty incredible. You have the Dallas Cowboys. You have uh, obviously uh, Texas becoming a, a much larger soccer community which is great because America needs more soccer uh, so we can do better in the World Cup. Hopefully uh, Frisco can be kind of an epicenter for that development. But uh, talk to the person that's not the sports fan. They don't, you know, they don't care about the business infrastructure. They're the outdoor nature person, right? And Frisco's got a lot of green spaces, a lot of parks, beautiful spaces. Um, is there, you know, what is, speak to maybe their concern. Is that going to shrink? Are we still going to be able to, to keep those protected and make sure that, You've got both sides of it, the outdoor experience, but also the retail and the business and the sports side. Yeah, you know, I think what will be on my mayor tombstone is trails and open space. It's very much a passion of mine. Um, so, you know, some of the things that we've done is the whole northern part of our city. We actually designed our trail network first before even the roads went in. So there is um, dozens and dozens of um, contiguous trails that go below grade. And what that means is you can get on a bike and do a 50 mile bike ride connect up to any of our commercial developments um, and never cross the street. Um, that's you know, awesome. So that's um, a big investment by our community, but an important one. You know, we've actually here in the last five years acquired more park space than we ever have as a city. Um, so the future park that we have um, on Panther Creek will be our largest regional park that we've done besides Grand Park. Grand Park is the vision right in the middle of our city, which is a thousand acre park. Um, that we're starting to plan the first phase of it. Um, that's a thousand acres is actually bigger than Central Park in New York. 
Um, we literally break ground here in a couple of months of our most ambitious park project to date, with, which is our Northwest Community Park, which is really, it's not program sports fields. This is actually just kind of natural preserve, hike and bike trails. It has a um, hiking trail to it, lots of open space, fishing pier, all those types of things. Um, and then right adjacent to it down the street is actually a natural wildlife preserve that um, we're actually enhancing. Um, and it will be a trail network through there where there'll be a lot of teaching opportunities. And when you use that trail, you won't believe that you're even in Frisco. Oh, and one other thing. This is, so this was my personal passion and development. So we actually in 2017 passed the first of its kind commercial open space ordinance, which means 10% of any commercial development has to be dedicated to a park, even our um, neighborhood type retail, and it had never been done in the country. And we're starting to see that come out of place. And it's even uh, neighborhood retail has parks in them. It's like all park having their eight acre park. Um, Firefly Park will have a 40 acre park in the middle of that. So that is gonna be the future of development and all connected to the adjacent retail via trail network. So all that um, connectivity and open space is gonna be just part of the development we have as a community. That's fantastic, and I look forward to the Grand Grand Park development because I'm I'm not too far away from there from a from where my house is located. So look forward to that just just personally, right? Um, and, and Mayor, you may have uh, already alluded to this a little bit, so the, I'll I'll take this as a segue. But onto the personal side, right? So you've got an election coming up. Want want to make sure that the viewers get a, a little flavor for what what you like to do in your personal time. Um, you know, what do you what do you like to do uh, in the city of Frisco for fun? Yeah, I mean, like most Frisco residents, you know, I spend a lot of time chasing my kids around in their sport. You know, they're they're getting older now and starting to head off to college or getting close to it. So it is giving me a little bit more time. Um, obviously, with the PGA coming here, I've been trying to step up my golf game, um, getting ready for that. I don't want to embarrass myself on that opening <laughs> to, um, to open the course. So I do enjoy playing golf, especially with my boys. Um, I'm a, um, um, a yogi. Um, so, you know, I started, um, uh, I lost a bet with one of my employees and took a hot yoga hit class as losing that bet like seven years ago. And I fell in love with it and it's become part of my daily routine in so much that I actually bought the studio two years ago and my sister runs it. Um, so yes, I'm also a yoga studio owner and, uh, very much love that. Nothing like adding another business to the real estate business on top of being a mayor. So I guess I'll have to ask this question because I think it's as a small business owner myself, it's always a struggle. But how do you maintain work life, family life balance when you have all those different things going on? Yeah, I'm sure like you, Brian, you know, it's about having a great team um, and a great, great support system. Um you know, I, uh, I hire very well, I will say that. And so, you know, my real estate team, we've got a core there that's been with me, some of them, you know, well over 10 years um, that do a phenomenal job. You know, at the city, I've got just access to, you know, so many great people, um, you know, and that's kind of the culture we've built here as a leadership team, you know, and something that's been important to me is that family always comes first, you know? So if we have a council member that has an important family activity, you skip the meeting. We'll catch you up. No big deal. Like that is just the culture we want to build here. Um, so that's something that's been um, important to me, certainly, um, as far as that putting, putting that first, you know, putting my business um, there as well. And now doing it for so long, you know, kind of the worlds all blend together. You know, it's not like I'm starting and stopping one. It's, you know, I'm, I'm at a networking event, meeting people, talking about real estate, and then they're asking me city questions, you know, and so it's just kind of become part of our daily life. When we go on vacation, I am a development nerd. And so I'm always making notes of places I want to go look at, get ideas, take pictures. And, you know, now they're just kind of used to it and they just roll their eyes and, hey, dad's doing his thing. And, you know, then we move on. <laughs> well, Mayor, let me ask you this as a, kind of a final question. Hopefully you can stick around for, for later in the show so we kind of have a roundtable discussion. But uh, we're going to transition here in just a moment. But you know, the last two years, really three years, not just in Frisco, but I mean, all, all throughout the United States, the world in, in, in a larger capacity have been very tumultuous, very difficult, you know, inflation, the way things are today, economy's crazy. Give us a message of hope, uh, something inspirational for those that are listening, not just, I mean, specifically for the, the residents of Frisco and, and the larger Collin County area, but this is going to give us that, hey, 
you know, we're moving in the right direction. We're going to, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things on the horizon. I think people are feeling that slowly, but just give us something that's going to help us realize, Hey, we're going in the right direction. You know, I mean, especially as I said, being, um, having a little bit of Yogi in me, um, I, I've always believed that, you know, the, um, the energy that you put off is the energy that comes back to you. And so, you know, here in Frisco, we just have an eternal optimism, can-do attitude. Um, and I think just taking that approach, good things will happen. You know, that you expect, you know, good things to happen and you don't worry necessarily about, you know, what could possibly go wrong. Um, you know, and so I think, you know, just seeing what's happening here, you know, not just in Frisco, but the surrounding communities as well. I mean, this is really kind of the epicenter of activity really for the entire country. I mean, you know, we have national people flying in saying, what is happening there? Um, you know, and there's just so many good things coming, you know, for North Texas, great place to do business. It's a great place to live, um, great place to work, um, amazing amenities, you know, um, no better place to raise a family. And so, you know, there's no better place in my mind to be than in North Texas. Um, and of course, as the mayor of Frisco, my baby is the prettiest and cutest. Um, so on top of that, you know, Frisco um, is well-deserved in my opinion to be named the number one place to live. Well, that's fantastic, Mayor Cheney. Thank you so much. I know, I think everybody would agree that the, the city of Frisco is in really, really good hands. We're excited for the future there. Uh, obviously you would love to have you stick around if you can. But uh, thank you so much, Mayor, for being on the show with us and give us that valuable insight exactly what's going on in the city. I'm really excited about our next guest. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about the difference. You know, this doesn't happen by accident, right? The difference is made possible by uh, the following sponsors. Obviously, the very wonderful who you've heard of, just heard from Brian Podesco with Real Property Management Focus, Josh Small and WeatherTech General Constructing. Of course, Paul Fisher with Certainty Home Lending. Power on Utility Concierge. They're your go-to partner when it comes to saving time and money on your utility and home services. Alan Lester with the One Group of Town Square Mortgage. Thank you guys so much for making the difference. We cannot do what we do without the support from our sponsors, our hosts, and everybody in the community. And so now, speaking of Paul Fisher, I'm going to turn it over to Paul, who's going to introduce our next guest as we continue the show. Paul. Yeah, I'm excited to introduce Paul Chabot. Uh, Paul and I met uh, last summer at a networking event, we were, you know, both happened to be uh, in the same uh, fraternity. I was at Baylor and he was over in California, but we met and instantly connected. And Paul's got a, such a fascinating story about, you know, his business and things like that. Uh, but he's a retired Naval commander, um, had, did some tour duties. Uh, and most recently, he's the, you know, president and CEO of Chabot Strategies. Uh, one of those strategy companies is called Military Vet Move. Uh, where he helps uh, place, you know, military uh, veterans, uh, either at this location or kind of depending on their, you know, their questions, uh, you know, what what towns and cities, uh, you know, that he handles, can he help them, you know, get to. So Paul can tell you a lot more than I can, but uh, but he's an exciting and a very genuine person. I'm happy to have him on the show. Hey, Paul. Hey, buddy. hey, Nathan. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul, for the introduction. Uh, great to follow. Uh, the mayor of Frisco had a chance to meet with him uh, yesterday, last year. What a, a beautiful city you've got. I'm next door in McKinney. I spent half my time in Frisco. Uh, just a great town. Uh, when I talk to folks that are moving you know, around the country to areas of Texas, uh, I often highlight what Frisco has done with attracting uh, family-oriented businesses. Just you know, a great city. And uh, great competition here. It's uh, capitalism at its best with a number of great cities here competing with each other in a very friendly fashion. And I think what this really shows is the strength of our country, the strength of our people, and the strength of our community. Uh, you know, part of that strength uh, really relies upon our military veterans and what we uh, have experienced and helping uh, them relocate to areas in this country. But also an important part is uh, veteran services to all those veterans that are moving here to North Texas as well. So happy to uh, explore questions and ideas and uh, reach your audience. Thanks for having me. Excellent, Paul. So in terms of supporting veterans, what are some of the biggest challenges that arise when they move to a new city or, you know, what can some of these cities do to help, uh, help facilitate? Sure. So I'm going to start off with a macro level and work down. Wow. Uh, I pulled some data here, which I think, you know, is, is interesting and it places, places it in, in context. 
Uh, across this country, there's 16 million veterans. In Texas, uh, there's 1.5 million veterans. In Collin County, you know, getting it smaller, we got 41,000 uh, veterans. If you look at Frisco, and these numbers are off by about two years, so Frisco's grown uh, obviously in the last two years. Uh, but at the last count, in 19, there were 6,000 veterans in Frisco and McKinney, uh, 9,000. I'd add a few more points onto that uh, for both. Um, the entire population of Texas, 6.9% of those are uh, veterans. And I always want to chat and discuss and pinpoint our disabled veterans. Uh, in Texas, there's over half a million uh, disabled veterans, or on average, about 43% of our veteran population uh, here in Texas. And so, yeah, when we talk about the, the challenges here in North Texas, you know, we're blessed with the growth, right? Uh, a lot of folks moving here. Well, when people move, some of the first things you got to do, you got to build schools, you got to increase police, you got to increase fire, bridges, and all those things. Um, but a segment of our population that is growing, and some are growing older, but are also being replaced uh, by your younger veterans in the uh, OIF, Afghanistan, Iraq timeframe, military services. So, for example, when you think about veterans in healthcare, um, our closest large hospital is either going to be in Bonham or in Dallas. Uh, we have a regional center here in Plano, which is a very small outpatient clinic that I first joined six years ago. But you go there now and it's bursting at the tombs. So what we've got to advocate for uh, is really looking long term for our veterans, the growth in the veterans, and how we're going to be able to meet their medical needs uh, going forward, especially as they age in North Texas. Well, that kind of brings. Oh, I'm sorry. No, gonna, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to kind of, you know, go on that a little bit as well. I mean, you kind of answered a little bit, uh, but are there are there key parts of a city's infrastructure that attracts, you know, veterans to move? Let's say to, you know, is there something about Frisco and, and about, you know, whether it's schools or hospitals that you know attracts them to Frisco? Or I mean, what what do you see on that when you, you know, when you get questionnaires from them on your website? I mean, how do you kind of filter and kind of position? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's really an important part. You know, my doctoral dissertation was on organizational research, so I always go right to the data. Just because somebody says something doesn't make it true, you've got to look at the data. And the data is real clear about, you know, the types of folks that are moving, where they're moving to, and why they're moving. Uh, what we did specifically, and it took us about six months on our website at Military Vet Move, it's a 21-point questionnaire for military veterans where they answer a number of questions. And from those questions, we then help fine tune areas in the country that meet their needs. You know, for example, some veterans want to live next to a military base or a commissary. Some need to be close to a VA hospital. Others don't really care about that. But the one common denominator that we found, whether it's you know veterans or civilian families, what they're looking for is a safe place to raise their family. They want safety. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety is right there at the top. And so when you look at cities like Frisco and McKinney and others here in North Texas, consistently at the top of the top of safe cities, that is where communities and families uh, can really thrive. But the other part here, and this is the, the gap that's missing, is once our veterans move to, say, a safe city or a safe region, how do we then get them engaged? And the reason this is so important for our veterans is, unfortunately, we have a very high military veteran suicide rate in this country. The number is somewhat advertised as 22. The real number could potentially be around 17.6. What we know is that when we get our military veterans engaged in their, their extracurricular with the American Legion, disabled veterans, uh, the VA hospital, veteran outpatient groups, whatever it may be, the suicide rate for those drops significantly. And so what we're really trying to do is outreach to veterans when they move to a community and hope they just don't blend away and fade away, that we connect them with veterans. And the reason that is so important is research shows time and time again that veterans, no surprise, relate to military veterans better when discussing their issues or concerns. So if there's a gap here in North Texas uh, with veterans, it is once they land here, it's about getting them engaged in other veteran organizations, but B, increasing the veteran organizations. We just lost here in Collin County, Disabled American Veteran uh, Chapter. Uh, to no fault of the volunteers, but there was not a lot of discussion or outreach. So we're now trying to start a new DAV, Disabled American Veteran Chapter here 
in Collin County. So we need our elected leaders across the region to do is uh, to speak out about um, veteran services, where the gaps are, and then uh, let's put our arms around this. At the Collin County website, I think we have two uh, folks that work in that office. Our population is now 1.2 million in Collin County and growing. This needs going to grow, and with that, uh, so can we. Let me ask you this, Paul. You know, you mentioned the questionnaire that you asked the the veterans to kind of give them a direction on where they need to go, kind of their their status where they're at. But you right. talk about the different communities. Obviously, have uh, Mayor Cheney on with us today from Frisco. So. You know, let's say he wants to assess Frisco's kind of preparedness for meeting the needs of veterans that are moving across North Texas. Do you guys have something in place, almost like a, a similar type checklist that, you know, here's something I can go down and assess how we're doing in our city in these areas? Yeah, so great question. So I would do a reverse sort of on that. Okay. I would first look and see where your American Legion, where your uh, VFW uh, chapters are. And look, to no fault to anybody, I mean, we have to build in this infrastructure, right? So this was mostly farmlands, and there wasn't uh, a lot of, when you look at the population of Frisco and McKinney 20 years ago, real tiny. And so, yes, I think, you know, we need more of that. And uh, we certainly shouldn't look just towards parades or, or those types of things. But sort of here in McKinney last month, we launched McKinney Veterans Coalition, uh, where we get together with veterans across the community to outreach and talk. And we're talking about things that are important to them. Uh, you know, for example, PTSD is a huge issue for our veterans, but how about home loans? Many veterans really don't understand the VA home loan process or how they can benefit. Paul Fisher knows they've increased the home loan max, I think around 700,000, not that they would need all that, but the ability now for veterans to use that uh, with zero down. And also many veterans can reuse that VA home loan um, time and time again. Many veterans give up when they uh, apply for disability benefits because it's a very cumbersome bureaucratic process. What they don't know is there's free services out there for every single veteran. Uh, DAV, again, Disabled American Veterans, they work out of Waco, uh, they work out of Bonham, they work near these VA hospitals, but online to help our veterans uh, with their disability benefits. Right now, uh, the big concern with a lot of the my generation veteran benefits that served in Iraq or Afghanistan is the burn pit registry where we literally live next to these burn pits where they were burning chemicals and other things impacting uh, uh, issues for health, that that registry is huge. And so uh, it's really, we, we can't look at the federal government at all uh, for the outreach on this. Everything is at the local level and it doesn't require spending money, but I think it does require community coalition uh, building. And that's where we can, I think, begin. But uh, you know, having the support of cities outright in front of it and to be an example uh, would just be a blessing and i think one more huge plus uh, for all of texas hey paul i have a question for you um since we do have the, the leader of, of frisco on um what's what's the best way to engage with local leadership um whether it's at the city level um you know North Texas leaders, um, what's the best way for you guys to, to get help there and to engage? You know, I'd recommend, as I'm, I'm sort of just thinking out loud, um, almost like a veteran town hall uh, where you can bring in veteran resources. You can bring in the Texas Veteran Land Board, Holland County Veterans staff, uh, VA uh, staff and others, and, you know, do a large sort of town hall, which is also broadcast on social media, live, much like this, so veterans can tune in. But I think also helping to stand up, you know, a regular monthly uh, event that is not so much controlled by the city, uh, but is supported uh, by the city. But I think, you know, what you first need to do is identify the veteran groups, and there may be some already. I know in, in uh, Frisco and other areas, there's veteran groups that meet for coffee in the morning, those are great groups to go to to begin to start the process. And like I said before, you know, veterans love to hear from our leaders. When we talk about veteran concerns and issues. They're much more receptive to opening up personally uh, to a fellow veteran as well. So it's a good combination of city leadership and uh, your community veterans that are active and engaged. I had a, I had a quick question, Paul. So and you, and you and I have talked about this, you know, some on our own, but. You know, when a when a when a guy gets, you know, discharged and he's, he's, you know, he's out of the army or out of the military 
is there specific industries that they look towards like, all right, now I've got to get my, you know, start a new life and now I've got to do this. Are there specific industries they look for or, and, and are some cities more uh, equipped with those industries that they're in, interested in? Yeah. So that's another great question. So when you look at the veteran population, not all do 20 years. And if they do 20 years and retire, they're fairly young and they go into a second career. Uh, whether it's Raytheon here or, or major private corporations throughout Frisco, uh, they all, most of these major corporations um, have a uh, security component. I'm not talking about guard security. I'm not talking about banking. I'm talking about IT security and other areas. These veterans are leaving military service, many of them with what's called TSSCI clearance, top secret SCI clearance. It's very expensive uh, for the government to do, but they're vetted. And so these are great candidates to be able to bring in to these major Fortune 500 companies that are looking for those security background clearances for IT or other issues. And so that is a, a major uh, network. Research also shows that hiring a veteran, uh, no you know, surprise here, but hey, they get up in the morning and they go to work because that's what they're used to doing, uh, extremely uh, responsible. But the other part of this is helping veterans to become business owners. Uh, look, the, the bread and butter of our country is our small businesses, our mom and pop businesses. They make up 90% of all businesses around this country. It's no different than Collin County. Texas is great. Uh, if you're a, a, a disabled veteran, they waive a lot of your state fees for getting your business up and running. I'm part of what's called um, uh, the Entrepreneurial boot, boot Camp for Veterans with Disabilities, where they will help veterans bootstrap and get up running. Next week, I'll be in Dallas for a three-day convention where all these disabled veteran business owners come together to Dallas to talk about this. And I'll tell you what, we should bring them to Frisco because I think the star could handle the capacity uh, you know, one of these years as well. So uh, there's so much potential uh, to get them involved. If you look at your local police departments, everybody's hiring guys uh, in Dallas, Frisco to McKinney, and a top core candidate to look toward a hire are your military veterans. Many come with MP police backgrounds and can easily lateral in, go through your academies, service. And so a lot of our younger officers are joining our police forces today come from the military bandwidth as well. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. All right, Paul, thank you for all that, uh, all that background information and, um, you know, looking forward to helping you guys engage however we can as part of the difference. Um, let's segue if we can uh, and just kind of open it up and have more of like a roundtable type um, discussion. And, you know, I think because uh, similar to what my question was earlier, you know, we've got um, we've got leader of the community here in Frisco. Um, I guess, Mayor Cheney, I'll, I'll throw this to you first. But how do you best see, um, you know, community leadership working together with local business owners, call it small business owners? I know Frisco has so many large corporations, but how do we also um, stay engaged with the small business owner? You know, we're very intentional about that. I mean, we have an economic development corporation here in Frisco. So, you know, part of that is to um, recruit and retain um, businesses here, but it's also to help them grow and create that network. Um, but our Frisco Chamber of Commerce is, you know, recognized as one of the top chambers in the state of Texas. Um, and, you know, we really rely on them quite a bit, you know, to be kind of our eyes and ears out there. Certainly me being a small business owner myself, you know, I'm networking with quite a few people, you know, th through the chamber. Um, but, you know, we always talk about, you know, the best way we can help a small business here in our community is bring them customers. And so a big part of that is, again, our tourism strategy, you know, having those 7 mil million visitors come to our community, um, you know, every single year, the convention centers that we have, or we've got business leaders, you know, spending weeks here and then they're shopping in our community, they're dining in our community. Um, that is very much a strategic um, focus area for us to help those small businesses here. Mayor, in, in addition to that, you know, if, if there are small businesses that uh, maybe have a concern or would like to see something in addition to or want to bring something to the attention of, of yourself or the city leaders? Is it is it the city council meetings that's the best avenue for that? Or is there a feedback form somewhere where they can get some of the concerns that they may have uh, to, to your ears and to your to your awareness? 
Yeah, I mean, we have a more informal process than that. You know, a lot of people get intimidated by coming to a city council meeting <laughs> or even up to city hall. In fact, when I was elected, the first thing I told people is the last place you're going to find me is at city hall uh, because I want to be out and about in the community where, where people are meeting them kind of in their backyard, so to speak. Um, and so that is very much a big part of it is kind of going out into the community and having those conversations, but then making yourself available. I mean, I get texts and calls and emails from, you know, small businesses, you know, all the time on just That's little awesome. issues that they may have. And it's, you know, kind of easy for us to help clear those up. Well, Mr. Mayor, I wanted, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, jump on what you said about Frisco Chamber. I'm a member of the chamber. I know Brian is as well, and I serve on their ambassador team. And I can tell you from personal experience that that group is, is like you said, very engaging and, you know, welcoming to, you know, you know, small, medium and large businesses. So it's it is one of the most uh, inviting group that I've been uh, having the pleasure to be a part of. And so uh, but I, I do I, I do kind of chime in on that. It is that is a great way for those uh, those businesses to get in and get involved in the community. Absolutely. Well, and on that point of community involvement. <laughs> You know, Mayor, you mentioned that, uh, you know, people may be intimidated going to, to City Hall or City Council. It didn't seem like that from the uh, the video footage I saw of some of the meeting last night. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there are plenty of folks that were that were uh, not only there, but also boisterous. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's good to be in a community, but it's also good to hear it firsthand, I guess, at the council meeting. Right. Yeah. I mean, and with that, with the universal, some came in person at the, the more formal settings. But then we also had. Um, town halls, um, where it was a very different reaction. You know, the town halls, the people that, you know, were excited about the project, we had a tough time finding people at the, you know, 300 people showed up and we couldn't find someone who was objected to it. And then the Cobb Hill residence directly adjacent, I spent 12 hours out there literally sitting in a lawn chair on their front yard, just kind of having one-on-one -on -one conversations and hearing their concerns. Well, I've got a, I got a question for you, Paul, Paul Chabot. Um, you know, as you're, as you're seeing, uh, obviously, where the city that you're in, McKinney and Dallas, and obviously Frisco and, and other cities around the country, where the relationship, uh, the, the the welcoming of veterans is, you know, you talk about states that are very veteran friendly. What are you seeing that the small businesses and and the city leaders of those cities are are working well together? That is, you know, making those transitions really friendly. What are they doing well? in that partnership between city leaders and business, small business owners that make for a nice transition for those veterans. Yeah, so this is an opportunity for expansion and growth and it's not a new concept, but if you look at the two major advocacy groups in this country, uh, which is um, DAV, Disabled American Veterans, it is the largest nonprofit organization in the world, believe it or not, in what they do for pushing funds down uh, into the community. Here's what I think is really a great idea for every city to do is, and this may be happening uh, in, in, in small measure, but to really advocate aligning uh, mentors of uh, major corporations that have been around for a while with uh, your veteran owned small businesses. Now, there are existing databases out there. There are VOSBs, veteran owned small businesses. And there's SD, service disabled veteran owned small businesses, businesses which can register through the government. Uh, but there's many businesses that are not you know, registered. I think the really important part here is uh, the mentorship, is finding these existing uh, companies, many of them here in Frisco, probably participate in these more higher level ones where they identify a veteran, but they could be somewhere else in the country. Uh, there, there's a vet match program. I think it would be neat for our cities here to um, help identify veteran-owned small businesses that um, are registered and try to figure out who's not registered get them all together, maybe do a little symposium and then try to uh, network them with uh, mentors or especially those who are coming out of service who are looking to become a small business owner. Uh, for those who are looking to buy franchises, there's opportunities for veterans to get great uh, deals to become franchise, franchise owners uh, of any sort of an entity or company across this area. So I think mentoring is huge uh, from the existing corporations down to our small mom and pop, veteran-owned small businesses, or those who are trying to become entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, that, that's really cool because, you know, it, I, I know or have really been around a lot of veterans, uh, went to church with, grew up, personal friends, et cetera. And then in my business, you know, in financial services, run across a lot of veterans and, and just so many 
so many needs. I mean, it's insane how, you know, people that have, have sacrificed so much um, really, really struggle to, to integrate into society. And, you know, some cities, as you mentioned, Paul, are, are more, more uh, set up and, and poised to be able to help that transition. But I, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, as you're talking through all this stuff, I'm just thinking of, you know, my business and the, and the relationships that I have and the people that I know, and, you know, how can we partner with, you know, veteran groups and communities in, in our, in our city, in our cities that we talk about, not just only the difference, but, you know, you mentioned something specific to the difference is, you know, bringing awareness to these veteran businesses, veteran owned businesses. And that's a huge part of, of our goal and our mission is to just to, to bring the right people to the table, you know, through, through our podcast, through our, through our live stream and give them that brand awareness, but also to, to meet, to, to meld the right people with the right people. Right. And as you mentioned, you know, veterans uh, tend to, to want to partner with, and there's obviously a level of trust and experience with other veteran owned organizations and, and businesses, et cetera. And so uh, I'd love to explore, I know Lyndon and Brian and Paul and myself would love to explore some opportunities that we can, you know, engage in that platform or that, that process uh, down the road and bring that more into fruition specifically in the North Texas area. So uh, very excited. Brian, any, any final thoughts uh, around this topic before we, before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I, th I think that the biggest thing is, uh, Mayor Cheney mentioned it, right? That one of the biggest things that we can do as part of the difference and, and what he's done very graciously with his time today is is just get out in the community. Um, and this is one way to do it. So, so Mayor Cheney, I appreciate you doing that. Um, leave us with one more thought on your vision of, of Frisco um, as you approach re-election here and what, uh, what, is, what is the biggest thing that you see coming uh, for Frisco? You know, right now, the wave of growth is coming right through our city. You know, it was Plano and, you know, moving right through here through Frisco. Um, you know, we attracted our first Fortune 500 company and cured Dr. Pepper a couple of years ago. Then we followed that up with our first Fortune 100 company with TIAA, who's building their um, headquarter campus right now in the star. Um, but it won't be our last. Um, last year was a record year for our Economic Development Corporation with 16 uh, major relocations. Um, so, you know, what's coming here is just building out kind of our business and commercial network on our 10 miles stretch of the Dallas North Tollway. Um, so, um, you know, stay tuned. You know, we'll, we'll leave a, a few for the good folks in McKinney, Mr. Mayor Fuller. Um, but we're going to be really, uh, really busy as a community here over the next few years. Thank you very much, Mayor. Thank you to, to Paul Chabot. Uh, real quick, guys, we're always looking for feedback. You know, we talked a little about the vision of the difference and what our goals are, um, bringing people together, networking, helping with brand awareness, not only in our businesses, but communities. Um, just would love to know what you guys think of the show and your experience today, but also some areas of opportunity. You know, just take 30 seconds and kind of share what, what your thoughts are. Mayor, you can start first if you don't mind. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. You know, I always love um, speaking with anyone in any audience as far as the story of Frisco and the great things happening here. Um, so I just want to thank all of you for taking your time um, to put this out to your audience and, and bring information to them and, you know, allow me to interact with your audience. So, um, you know, keep up the great work. I appreciate you. Well, thank you very much, Mayor. Paul, what about you, sir? Hey, uh, thanks so much. So yeah, militaryvetmove.com, great resource for veterans. So please check that out. Selfishly or unselfishly, let me address uh, something. I'm a father, four kids. Um, I do a lot of nonprofit work, founded Drug Free McKinney, Drug Free County, Drug Free Texas. Um, this was not a topic of today's show because it could take up a whole day, but we're losing a lot of our kids to drugs right now. Fentanyl, mm -hmm. overdose, uh, just killing our kids. One out of five kids on average is using so, uh, you know, from a selfish perspective, uh, my gosh, from all the parents out there, grandparents, uh, batten down the hatches, talk to your kids. There's free resources out there. One is drugfreemckinney.org that I run on uh, just the latest uh, stats and, and how to help. So uh, fentanyl, folks, is uh, just a, a major challenge for not just North Texas, but our country. As a father, I worry about it with my four kids as well. Well, Paul, that's a, that's a topic that you're right. I mean, it certainly affects all of the communities of the of the North Texas community difference. And so perhaps we can we can get a time to, to come back on and have you talk about that from a different perspective and some things that we can do. But thank you, Paul, so much for being on. Mayor, thank you. Thank you to all our co-hosts and guests today. Thank you to all of our listeners, our sponsors, 
Thank you for tuning in to the Community Difference today. Uh, we want to just take a second to remind you every Wednesday we're going to be in a different city across North Texas, uh, 11.30 sharp, 11.30 central. Again, thank you to our guests for sharing their expertise and insight today. If you want to stay connected to them, learn more about their businesses, their movements or nonprofits, what they're doing, make sure to leave a comment, guys. Share the show. Um, all the links are available. And uh, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform as well as YouTube, Facebook to stay up to date with all future episodes and community events. Guys, it's been my pleasure, along with Brian, Paul, and Kelly, to host with you today. Again, thank you to Paul and to Mayor Cheney. God bless. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and watching our show. If you would like to see our next show or more shows like this one, just click the QR code and go to show schedules or just follow and subscribe to our channels to get updates and notifications of this show and many others like it.